My name is Lisa Mustard, and I'm a mom, wife, licensed marriage and family therapist, podcaster, and I'm passionate about helping other women feel amazing in their skin and rocking their self-confidence. My podcast is called The Therapy Show with Lisa Mustard, and it's a convenient and fun way for talk therapists to earn continuing education contact hours, listen in on discussions from leaders in the mental health industry, and stay up to date on current trends and best practices. You can listen to the show on my website, lisamustard.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And today I'm sharing my story on the TREP Life Podcast. So let's stay connected, y'all. Follow me on Facebook at The Therapy Show with Lisa Mustard and Lisa Mustard Change Agent. And you can also find me on Instagram at The Therapy Show with Lisa Mustard and Lisa Active Life. And of course, I'm active over on LinkedIn too. I hope my story inspires you to go after your goals and dreams. And I want you to know it's never too late to start something new. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays, streaming on all podcast platforms. Hello. Hello, Lisa. Hey, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Victory. Yay. Awesome. I've never done this before, so this is pretty cool. Well, thank you. I know you have a, a more uh, sophisticated platform than uh anchor for your podcast but yeah we're we're just making do with you for yeah. it for the time being yeah well if it works you go with it that's yeah. for sure i use um i do i use zoom because it separates out the tracks so my editor can get better uh quality um but i didn't even know this existed when i started or else i probably would be using it <laughs> yeah it's um it's very convenient like i i you can only use it off of your phone for uh-huh. um, re- uh, recording um, two or more people. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of um, that's kind of how I started because I, when I started, I didn't my computer was wasn't working. So oh yeah. But I still was like, hey, I want to do a podcast. I feel like that I need to do it now. So yeah, well, smart. It's really smart, and you know, people a lot of times let things hold them back. Like I hear it all the time. Oh my my computer is old or I need to update my phone. I'm like, you know, you can still do stuff. You can still figure it out. So still do it. It might not be the best. It might not be your perfect version of it because this most certainly isn't because I'm very like, uh, much an audiophile. Uh And so, you know, sometimes I listen and I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but it gets better. It does. it, It it does get better as you do more, you know? So, Right. That's impressive. Or even my skills as a, uh, you know, as a a, a host of the uh-huh. show. You know, oh, yeah. I struggle so much with intros. I'm super bad at them. <laughs> I'm hoping for season two I'm a little bit better. But Intros are the hardest. I agree. They are the hardest. Because you kind of have to sum up what was discussed and then make it, make people want to get excited about listening to it. So it is, it's pretty, it can be stressful to write an intro. Yeah. And and I I don't know where this like thing is coming from. I I probably should start writing them. I I kind of just have them have people come in, and now I just I have people give their own intros. Um, after I I uh, bumbled somebody's name. Oh. 
one time. So I was like, ah, you know. And it, it was a guy who I've been following on social media for like two years, two or three. So I'm like, I totally know his name. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> well, yeah, I've done that too. I know. I've had to redo so many intros. It's the longest one. It's probably take me 15 minutes to get it right. So I totally get it. And that takes time. Dude, it takes time, yeah. (laughs) And it's good that you're outsourcing the editing aspect because that's a whole other dynamic. Just time-consuming. It is. But speaking of time, I know we are short on time. Um, You're busy making moves. Um, So (laughs) I'll just – we can start the show here, and I'll um, I'll just say I don't know what episode this is, but we are here (laughs) with – Lisa Mustard, and then you can just kind of give your intro. Okay. Sounds good. We have another exciting guest for you today, live and direct in Trep Life Studios, located via the Anchor app. We are joined today by a guest I've been wanting to get on the show since I first came across her. Uh, podcast. Uh, I think we're going to have a phenomenal, um, really emotional, game-changing, but also practical-based episode today, and just an overall um, transformative conversation, a very healing conversation. Um, And so without further ado, I introduce you to Lisa Mustard. Hi, Pete. Thank you so much for having me. You're making me blush at that intro. That's so kind. And I'm just honored to be here and to be on your show. And I've listened to a couple episodes and you've had some amazing folks come on and share their stories. So I'm, I'm just excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Let's start talking about, um, first and foremost, the power of social media. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the power of social media. You're great at social media. Oh, thank you. Um, I used to be horrible at it. <laughs> um, I used to be pretty bad at it. And, uh, I, you know, Facebook, I started on Facebook, I think, in 2007 or 2008 when it first came out. And back then, okay. it was really used for connecting with friends. I was interested in finding friends from high school and friends from college and just kind of reconnecting because I had moved away from my hometown. So, that's really why I got excited about Facebook. This is before, you know, Instagram was even a thing. And, um, and so I started, I got on Facebook just to, to connect and to grow friendships again. So, um, and then back in when I turned 40, which was in 20, what was that? 2013. I, um, was seeing all of these pictures, all these before and afters on Facebook of these women that had lost the baby weight. And I was still struggling with that. Uh, I was eating healthy, I was eating clean, and I was just frustrated. And so I was seeing all this stuff on Facebook, um, and I was just really curious about, well, what were these ladies doing? And that's when I discovered um, it was a product, a system. I I hopped in because I wanted results, and I got my results pretty pretty quickly in the sense of quickly, I should say 12 weeks was quickly. I didn't have, I didn't have 30 pounds to lose. I had more like eight to 10 pounds to lose. And so I just was real diligent and persistent and did what the system said. And I had really good success and, um, people were noticing and I started kind of sharing my journey on Facebook and people were reaching out to me and I didn't really understand the power of that until, um, it started happening. 
And so I, the, the system that I was using was part of a network marketing company, but I didn't get into it to be a network marketer. I got in it because I wanted to feel good in my skin again. And at 40, really, really feel good in my skin again, because with two little kids and a full-time job and I'm a marriage and family therapist, I was pretty stressed and overwhelmed with a lot of stuff. And so I saw this as self-care more than I did an opportunity to make money. But how these things go a lot of the times is that um, they see what you're doing and they want in. And so I quickly kind of, you know, was able to make a little bit of side money, um, saw the power in that and the power of using social media in a positive way to help other women. And so that's, that's my story about how I kind of got into seeing Facebook a little bit differently than what I intentionally signed up for it, you know, in the process still, of course, creating new friendships and connections and nurturing old friendships, but not with like a a commission breath kind of thing, just truly being me and real and authentic and just kind of showing my life and living it and sharing it, it sharing it on uh, social media. So it's very powerful when I think when it's used to add value and to give back and to uplift others. And that's really how I view social media is I want to be that person. I want to, I want to help women, you know, empower them, give, help them with their confidence um, because there's enough stuff in this world that can bring us down in a second. So I want to be that person that helps kind of, you know, show them what's possible when you kind of work on your mindset and work on your confidence. So that's it. My story, I guess, how I see it in a nutshell. So with social media, a, a lot of people use it just sporadically uh-huh. it can be very emotional driven yeah right right we had a guest on oh my a doctor oh my coffee mm-hmm. uh and she uses social media like a uh tv um channel a mm-hmm. uh, uh, media platform mm-hmm. really sure right so she has when she goes live she has uh, messages will she'll say do you have a minute or um i'm trying to think of some of her other handles but she has handles for each interaction each live that she does mm-hmm. she has pre-made and she, she's giving you lives around the same time mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. you know there's a schedule to it much like if you want to see a tv show on abc right you know you go you look and it's going to be there for you right um I think that is more um, aligned with how I think social media should be used. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not organized enough to do that <laughs> myself, right? Right. Um, but I, I think that can kind of take away some of the uh, downfalls of social media, you yeah. know, where you're maybe sharing when you shouldn't share. Yeah. Um and causing how, how, how does someone kind of combat the negativity of social media, the pitfalls? Right. Well, I like, first of all, I like what she's doing. Um, sounds really interesting. And I, you know, I would love to be that organized and scheduled as well. And I, I kind of just want to, for those people that are listening that are wondering how do they, you know, they're full-time in a job, they are a mom, they're a dad, they've got kids. That can be very, if they want to get started with social media and going live and doing videos, that can be very overwhelming for them at first because they think that they have to show up like that to make an impact. And I, while, she, while 
you can definitely do that. Um, you don't have to be that scheduled and that polished in my mind to make an impact. I do 95% of my lives from my car and I, and I just show up as I am. And, but the thing that's, that I agree with is she sounds like she's very consistent and she's very good at creating content. So I want to just encourage people who are listening. Don't... And she does her lives from her car as well. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I need to go check That's her out. Popular. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is because it's real life. Like yesterday yeah. I did one and I was waiting on my kids. One was in gymnastics and one was in ninja. And I told myself earlier in the day today, I'm going to go live. But I, I knew really the only time I could do it was in the car. Um, but I also make sure that when I do go live, I, my content is of value and it's not, you know, it's something that people will get value out of and find helpful. So um, I just want, I just want to reiterate that because I, I feel though, like you said, social media can always be used for the good and for the positive and for the uplifting. Right. So don't feel like you have to have like a studio or the best light. I mean, you need good lighting so people can see you, but um, it doesn't have to be every day at the same time. I've seen people who start out that way and then it gets kind of overwhelming for them and it doesn't happen. <laughs> so I say, just get good at saying, I'm going to go live three days this week and I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Just, just get it in. Just, you know, right. get it in and don't worry about time of day. People will show up for you, even if they're not on the live, because, you know, more than half of your views are going to come on the replay. So don't get worried about that. Um, so how do you combat the negative stuff on social media? I just unsubscribe and I unfollow. I block. I mean, I don't want to see it. So I don't, I have control over that. So I control what it is that comes into my feed and into my social media world. I teach my children that. Um, you know, they're young, they're, they're 11 and eight. And I say, you don't have to pay attention to that just because it's in your face. You can walk away, you know, it's like you would do in person. Um, if it doesn't, if it doesn't inspire you or, um, engage you or challenge you in a, in, in a way that makes you think or makes you, you know, question yourself and then you don't, you know, you don't have to pay attention to it. If it's drama, if it's negative stuff. You don't have to pay attention to it and you don't have to engage in it because so much, so often that makes it worse for people because what happens is they get so emotionally charged or triggered by somebody they may not even know and they're just letting it hang on them all day long. And they don't know that person. They, and you know, they don't know what's going on with that person. They just get emotionally triggered and they take it personally and they just, they let it affect them. And we don't have to do that. We have a choice to walk away. You know, I mean, I do it all the time. I, I choose not to engage or I choose not to allow that person to be my friend on social media I, or I unfriend and block. I don't need it. You know, I have that choice. That's this is my social media world. It's it's right. my social my social. Um, it's like going to a cocktail party. Who do you want to hang out with? Hang out with those people. <laughs> That's kind of the way I see it. What do you think of the fact that your children have never grown up in a world without social media? Oh, I think it's so sad. My husband and I were just talking about that the other day. Um, you know, he and I are Generation X. So okay. we're in our mid-40s. And Pete, like, I remember I was just telling somebody this the other day. When I graduated college, email was just becoming, like, a thing. And Maybe, I re- right? Yeah, maybe. Because that was 95. And it was just mm-hmm. starting and I Windows remember, 95. Yep. Yeah. I was in the computer lab, um, the computer lab at my college. And I remember walking out going, what are these freshmen doing? They're, they're sending a what? Like that's an E. And I was like, oh, I'll never do that. <laughs> I'll never do that. <laughs> Lord, look how far we've come. I'll never do never. that. 
No. And then I think my first job I had, we didn't have email. Um, like we had internal email where we could send each other messages, but we didn't have it where it could go outside yet. Like, I guess that wasn't a thing yet. I don't know. Um, but unfortunately, you know, so what, how do we feel about that? We feel very sad about it, but at the same time, we can't stop it. Um, sometimes because they don't realize how old we really are. Um, and we just, you know, if, if, if we have to be, um, aware that this isn't going away, it's going to evolve so much more in the next five to 10 years. My husband and I, um, he kind of leaves it on me to be kind of on like what's going on in the social media realm. Cause he hates social media. He does not get on it. He rarely sees my stuff. Um, he barely listens to my podcast, which I get cause he's not a therapist. My family um, doesn't listen to my podcast either. So I yeah, like, yeah, but that's okay. Like yeah. that's, you find, you know, and I think it's a lot not of that's, for them, right? It's we're, not. And it's because they're so the close people. to us. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, my mom will listen every now and then because she, some of my guests, she's been interested in like what they have to say. Um, but besides that, we just are working to show them how to use it in a positive way and an uplifting way and how not to get sucked into the stuff that is nonsense, you know, like just, but they're, they're kids. So they like the nonsense stuff. Right. So I just kind of monitor, I monitor how long they're on the computer and how long they don't really have phones yet. They, um, so, uh, we're holding out to give, let them have phones as long as possible. Um, and we are very encouraging for them to be active and be doing, um, sports. And, you know, so my girls, our girls are busy, you know, three days a week. So really there's like two days a week that after school that I'm like, okay, reading, being outside playing. I mean, they have screen time, but I grew up as a kid coming home. My mom was working, my parents were divorced and I would just get on, I'd have a snack and watch cartoons, you know? I mean, that was the eighties, like or an after school special, like those Last were, that was, kids. yeah. And I'll tell you, do you know anything about the, the after school specials? That was like a treat because I, don't, I forget what station it was, but like every couple of months after school special will come on. It would, and it would be like NBC maybe. I don't know, but it was, they really weren't the best acting, but they were usually, I remember this one is about this girl who was a, uh, had binge eating disorder and she, and it was just fascinating to me that, you know, the, cause I was used to watching cartoons or, or whatever. So I would watch these after school specials and be like, Oh my gosh, this happens. Like these things happen. So, you know, I didn't have that awareness until probably high school that there people had, you know, issues. And so I don't know if my brain at 11 years old was ready for a lot of that information. So I'm very cautious about the developmental stages of our children and what they're ready for. Um, as a mom and y'all, you know, I'm a counselor, so I'm very much schooled in this and I'm, I see it a lot with young um, kids when they come in. I mean, I'm like, well, I ask the parents like, well, how much screen time do they have? What social media apps are they on? And I just kind of start talking to them about how developmentally appropriate do you feel that is for them? And I don't judge it. I just want them to be aware of how, if they're not monitoring it, then yeah, they're going to get into this stuff because kids aren't stupid, you know? Um, so that's, that's how we see it. Um, it's hard though, because our, um, our oldest is at a point where a lot of her friends have phones and they're on Instagram and she's begging me for it. And, um, she wants to be on TikTok, And so I'm trying to Try show to them how to, off as long yeah, as possible. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, um, it's something we can't avoid. And I think some people, um, would like to put their head in the sand and say, oh, I'll just ignore it. My kids make smart choices. 
And I want to believe that too, but you know, kids are kids and they're curious and they're going to get into things. So it's kind of my plug right there for parents just to be aware of what their kids are doing on social media. Like for me in middle school, it wasn't as much um, social media because well, I mean, we had MySpace at the time, Yeah. but, and, and I, I think maybe having a MySpace that early could it be traumatic or what have you, but what I saw was a trend of how um, socially acceptable it was to watch porn. Ooh. And wow. just how people would just have conversations about it. Like they're talking about a sporting event. Mm. Like mm. I've had, like in middle school, people asking me, who's your favorite porn star? And then they're rattling off 10 people. My goodness. And I'm like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and it was I, almost like I had to watch porn for the social acceptance aspect. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Middle school, those ages are are hard. I, They're I very totally tricky. Understand. They are, and you're a kid, and you're trying to navigate it, and you're being exposed to all these new things, like. And you want to, you want to fit in because that's, that's what happens at that developmental stage. You know, you're looking for peers that you can learn from and you can experiment with. You just got to pick the right peer group. And I think as parents, you know, that's, that's what we, what we hope and we want for our kids. And, um, you know, my poor 11 year old, I'm every day. I'm like, so what happened at school today? You know, anything, anything you want to share, anything that upset you, anything that you were happy about? I mean, I asked so many questions. She looked at me the other day and she goes, mom, please take off your therapist hat now. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, okay, sorry. But at the same time, she may not in that moment have something, but she'll come to me later and she'll, t- she'll share. And that's what I want. You right. know, I always want my girls to feel like they can talk to me. Definitely. So I want to kind of talk to you about um, your thoughts on network marketing. Okay. So what are some of the, how would you evaluate or describe the state of network marketing currently? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I, I think network marketing is an awesome opportunity. Um, and I think that if you come into it with the right mindset and you, you have a, you, you understand what it really takes to reach your goals. And I know that a lot of people come into network marketing with different goals. Um, and that's totally cool. Just be aware of what your goals are and what you're willing to do. You know, are you willing to the actions that you need to take to get there? Um, I think that unfortunately there's a lot of negative thoughts around network marketing, but you know what, Pete, like I grew up with having a negative view of network marketing because um, <laughs> just some people in my family, the way they talked about it, it was, they would just be like, Oh, can you believe so-and-so is doing that? Uh, and they'd roll their eyes. And this was before social media. So I didn't even know I didn't even know network marketing was a thing. Um, I mean, you like kind of hear Mary about Mary Kay and such. Yeah, and like Amway. Amway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, you know, I never really understood. I didn't know what that was. And I didn't know anybody growing up that, you know, their family was involved or anything. So I didn't have any role models in it. I honestly just saw some posts on Facebook and wanted to lose the baby weight. And um, when I found out it was network marketing, I really didn't care because I just wanted to have the experience. I wanted to you know, feel good in my skin. And I, I had been, you know, in the gym for 20 years and lifting weights and, uh, you know, I know how to 
eat healthy, but I couldn't eat correctly to reach my goals. So I really saw it as an opportunity to try something different. And I was, you know, I'd hit my bottom with like try and I was just tired and overwhelmed. I thought I'll just give it a try. If it doesn't work, I can get my money back. So my attitude towards it was somebody had something that I wanted, um, an experience, a system, and that sounded really good to me. Um, And I didn't really know network marketing. And so when I got into it, um, I was like kind of one of the people that I didn't have to figure out how to, how to talk to people about it um, because it was working for me. So I always tell people if they're going to get into the health and wellness arena of network marketing or direct sales, you need to be using the products and you need to be getting your desired results and you can't half ass it. You know, you have to really be a product of the product. Um, and so that's, that to me is number one, you have to, you have to really be a product of the product. So even if people find out you are using a product that's network marketing, your, your confidence in, in what you're doing because you're getting results is 10 foot high and bulletproof. That's something that they used to say in my old company. And it really stuck with me. And that's how I felt about the products and the opportunity was I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof because it's working. People are asking me about it and I'm, I'm making a side, you know, side income and I don't have to leave my home and I don't have to go, you know, be away from my family. So to me, that was just like win, win, win across the board. So when you're getting that type of uh, results and you're excited about it and you're seeing your money come in, it's like I have a very positive view on network marketing. Um, but I understand there are people out there who don't. And I think a lot of that just comes from how they're approached by people about it as an opportunity. So I think there's there or as products. Um, and I think that nowadays with social media, it's kind of saturated. Everybody's expecting to get a pitch. Everybody's expecting to get a Hey girl message. Um, they're not expecting to be left alone and make a decision on their own. And, um, another thing that kind of, I think is a struggle for network marketers right now in the health and wellness space is so many companies are, are coming out with nutritional products that are different than the other company because they want to stand out and, and, um, you know, really show people, customers like, Hey, we have this product for this type of lifestyle. And then someone else goes, Oh, we have this type of product for this lifestyle. And there's so much information out there and people really want a quick fix. They don't want to do the long-term work it takes. So they're looking for, well, so-and-so says I take two tablespoons of this a day and I, I melt the body fat in, in 30 days. Or, well, so-and-so says the only way to lose body fat is to do keto. Or so-and-so says it has to be, uh, you have to drink shakes all day long. Um, alkaline diet, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, there's so much going on behind the scenes for people who are getting those kind of results on different systems that you're not getting all of the information. So when you, when you start the two tablespoons a day and you're not getting results in 30 days, you get frustrated and you go, well, it's not working. And they just want me to keep using the products because they're trying to, you know, get it's their auto. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, you know, it's hard. Health and wellness to me is wonderful, but it's also really difficult right now, I think, to um, to show to stay to stay in the game, if, especially if you're in it and you're not able to keep customers or you're not able to grow your team. It's really hard sometimes for people to kind of stay motivated to stay in. Definitely. Mm hmm. That kind of leads me Pete, to the next. Well, I forgot to ask, are you in network marketing? I don't even know. I am not. I, mm. I've dabbled in it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't feel like I found the right network marketing for me. Gotcha. But my thoughts on it are 
I think if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, mm-hmm. it's a very good initial platform for you. Yeah. 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 You know? So if you're thinking, you know what, I, may, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. But I, I think you have to figure out what exactly it is that you want to get out of the experience, like you were saying. Right. Yeah. And instead of going at it for monetary purposes, um, it's really about the experience. And I, and I don't think a lot of people do that. And I think that's why they have mixed results. Yeah. No, I hear you. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. That's good to know. Yeah. But um, so my next question is, do you feel like um, failure, because we all experience failure in some capacity in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. But as entrepreneurs it's usually more heightened because we're more invested in what we're doing right yeah right so do you think failure can sustain failure can result in trauma like if you've had two or three businesses not make it if that one three big projects blow up in your face do you think that can result in a traumatic experience i think it's quite possible that it could do that um that I think that's definitely um, possible and there's so many factors that go into what causes trauma for people and what doesn't. So I don't want to really, I don't want to generalize that. Yes. If you've had these, you know, failures, then trauma is inevitable. Um, Yeah. So I don't, you know, there's a lot that goes into why people um, experience the heightened effects of trauma and why some don't, but um, you know, instead, so I kind of want to think about it a little bit differently because I've had things that have been failures, Pete, like, oh man. And so is my husband. Um, and I think what's really been helpful for us is that over the years, you know, we've adapted instead of seeing it as a failure, we see it as a learning opportunity or something because we're not going to give up. Like so we that's love in mindset. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think that, that's a, a choice you have to make how you're going to view it. Um, and then we surround ourselves with people who support us and say, you know, they believe in our skills. They believe, they believe in our vision and we're going to figure it out. Like we're going to get there. We're going to reach our goals because we don't give up. We're persistent. We have each other. Um, and sometimes, you know, you lose your excitement for something that you in the beginning are very, very excited about. Um, and that's, that's okay. Like that happens to a lot of people. It's happened to me at least two times. Um, and I think there's all kinds of reasons for that, but as I've gotten older, you know, my, uh, vision and, uh, definition of success has shifted a good bit. Um, I feel really, I'm still so successful right now with the things that we're doing and what we have going on. Um, because it's all in alignment with what, I'm passionate about and what lights me up. So I very positive about where this is going to go, like where my podcast is going and where my direct sales is going. And you know, that my husband has the same optimism as well. And I want to share that a lot of it is timing, you know, a lot of it is timing. And if you're doing something and you're not getting results, you know, you, you tend to lose your excitement for it. You tend to lose your passion for it. And sometimes it's just timing it has, you know, I was watching, actually I was watching this YouTube video today and it was a Ted talk. It was like six minutes long and I have to send it to you, but it was, um, this guy was talking about the number one thing 
that can predict if a company is going to be six, a business venture is going to be successful or not in its timing. And I thought that was fascinating. So, you know, a lot of the times it's not, it's not us. It's not our, our idea that quote unquote fails. It's just the market isn't ready for it or, yes. you know, so don't beat yourself up. You obviously have a lot of skills. If you've gotten that far, you have ideas. So, um, just recognize that sometimes it's just not what the market wants and that's okay. That's not your fault. Yeah. So don't let that cause you so much angst and don't let that like hold you back. Um, Now we'll say that there are people out there that I've worked with that have ideas and they're working towards them, but something, something holds them back like confidence or self-esteem or, or they have other things in their lives that kind of get in the way um, that they, they have a hard time just staying focused and staying on task, but that's different than, you know, you gave it everything, you really put your heart and soul in it and it didn't go anywhere. And I think that's, those are kind of two different types of people. Um, but yet at the same time, they can both experience trauma from not reaching the success they want. Um, but it's those people out there that keep going and keep trying and they're resilient and they get back up and they go, okay. Well, that one didn't work out. Well, what's next? What am I going to do next? And sometimes it's not obvious, you know, and sometimes it takes weeks and months to years to figure it out. But, you know, don't give up on yourself. Like you have ideas. It's just, you know, timing and um, how much you want to pursue it, I think. I I totally agree with that. Um, I think alignment is really under maybe I don't, I don't this I don't think this is a word but under understood correct like, yeah we don't know really how important so many factors go into success yeah and it, it's not you know it, it's like you know in in sports the saying is winning cures all mm-hmm. but before someone wins you know you always question, are they capable of doing this? Are they, and then they win and then you don't have those questions anymore. Right. 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 But um, I I wanted to kind of touch on one of your favorite, one of my favorite episodes of your podcast is the um, burnout compassion episode. Yeah, Um, that's a good one. I like that one too. I've listened to it a bunch. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I've listened to it about three or four times, actually. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah, Thank I'll you. I'll listen to it a couple more. Um, <laughs> you know, just throughout, because I'm like, okay, was I spacing out during that part? You know, and go back <laughs> to it and, you know, just keep getting um, uh, gems from it. So, um, great conversation. You did a great job with that, by the way. Oh, thank um, you. So, what what is the difference between pa- burnout and compassion fatigue? Oh, that's oh gosh. Um, are you talking about the interview with Sherry or the one with Ernesto? I think it it was definitely the one with Sherry. Okay, okay. The one. Yeah. Um, if you get a chance to listen to the one with Ernesto, Ernesto I think too. You, yeah, I think you'd like okay. that one too. Um, was that before after Sherry's? That was after. That came out not this week, but the week prior. I okay. think you'll like it. He's because he. Um, He's called Not Your Typical Psychotherapist, and okay. he talks about how to yes. pivot your skill. Yeah, okay, so listen to that. So, com- okay, I so think burnout. I started that one, didn't finish it. Yep. 
Yeah. So that's a, um, that's a good question. And I have to, I have to look at my notes to give you the exact difference, but what I'll tell you from my experience, I'll tell you from my experience, um, compassion fatigue is, so for example, um, I'll just use my, my examples is I work for a military branch and I've been there for nine years. And so working with a military branch, I experience a lot of soldiers and airmen talking about deployment related issues. And when you're in that space and that's what you listen to majority of your time, it's really sometimes kind of easy for me to go, Oh, here we go. Another story about, um, mortaring, you know, Oh, here we go. Another story about X, Y, and Z. And I don't want you guys to think that I'm not, uh, she's not heartless. Yeah. And I am very empathic, but what I find is that you kind of get to a point where you're like, I don't know if I can hear this anymore because it's almost like vicarious trauma. Hit that wall. Yeah. And so compassion fatigue. And I think a lot, I mean, a lot of healthcare professionals hit it. I mean, it's not uncommon. And I think if you don't hit it, (laughs) you're doing an excellent job. Are you really locking in? Yeah. And are you, you're doing it, but if you don't hit it, then you're doing it. You are very aware of not hitting it. I I think that's what it is. High level concentration. You're eventually going to hit some sort of wall and it might look different for everyone, but you're going to hit a wall at some point. Yeah. And I know that I had, I was just, I just did a reading. I was just reading on the difference between compassion fatigue and burnout. Um, Compassion fatigue is one of those things like you have to really um, take a step back and pay attention to, um, well, not just your self-care, but processing your own feelings around, you know, what, who you're sitting, the, the story that you're hearing in the room. Um, and maybe get some supervision, maybe get some peer consultation, really talk about it and really work to combat it. Um, really work to figure out if you want to stay in the world of therapy or, or, you know, healthcare, um, how do you find that empathy again? You know, how do you, or how do you tap into it? And there's a number of So burnout burnout is when you, (laughs) and I'll say they kind of show up differently. So compassion fatigue might show up like you, you kind of dread a client coming in. You don't want to hear it again. Um, you, you kind of, um, you, you have a hard time listening to your family and friends when they need support. Like you're like, Oh, I just don't want to hear any more, you know, stuff where I have to be present and emotionally engaged. Um, things like that. Burnout, I think happens when you're, you, you, you get a, you get, it's like anger and resentment start to build up towards what it is that you're doing. Um, and burnout can happen anywhere across the board in any job. Um, maybe because of the demands of your job or what you think the demands of your job are. Maybe you don't have very good boundaries. Maybe you don't quite understand, um, you know, you don't feel things are fair at your job you know, there's a host of things that kind of come up for people when they hit burnout. They don't want to be on their computers at 10 o'clock at night responding to their email, the boss's email. Um, You know, when you're not able to balance that whole professional and personal life, um, we tend to kind of hit burnout. Or if we feel as though um, other people's expectations of what we should be doing kind of take us over and we're not living congruently and authentically with how we want to be showing up in the world, we can kind of burn out too. I hope that makes sense. I wish I had a better, you know. That that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um, One example that's coming to mind is 
uh, there's a show on FS1 called Undisputed. It's like one of those, uh, you know, sports debate shows, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the co-hosts on there is uh, a veteran, uh, a Hall of Fame uh, tight end. His name is Shannon Sharp. Oh, yeah. And He's he from here. Always... He went to Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shannon's the man. That's one yeah. of my favorites. But um, he always talks about the time that he decided it was up for him to retire. And it wasn't because of his talent had dissipated so greatly. There wasn't that huge gap um, in his recovery uh, time or anything. It was, and it, it, it cracks me up every time. He's like, I just didn't want to go to any meetings anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, I get it. <laughs> you know, or, um, and I, I feel that way sometimes too. Where I'm like, I just can't take another one of these arbitrary yeah. meetings that aren't doing anything constructive. Right. Yes. No. I totally get it. I totally get it. And and it's the little yep. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's, no, like the job itself. Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, I probably could have pay- played actually two or three more years yep. at a pretty high level. But I, I just. <laughs> yeah. You could just, you just hit that wall. You're like, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm done. What's the point? I'm not enjoying it. It's not right. bringing me, you know, I didn't, I didn't get into it for this. Um, and I think a lot of people go through that. I mean, that's partly, you know, honestly, Pete, that's partly how my podcast got started was I was yeah. feeling very burnt out at my job and, um, but I have to go to my job. Well, and, and I like my job, you know, it wasn't that I wanted to quit my job. I just wanted a shift in the work I was doing. So I just started to explore other avenues of staying within the field of therapy or talk therapy. And I realized like, well, I'm going to start a podcast for other talk therapists because I love my peers and I want to support them and I want to help them. And it just kind of, I had this idea and I was like, I'm doing it and I'm going to do a podcast. And it has totally re-energized my work that I, that I do. And I see things differently now and I have better boundaries and I have, uh, I have a different perspective on my work. Um, and I'll also say that part of it was, you know, I allowed some people's expectations of what I should be doing drive me. And when I realized, like, Lisa, you know, you don't have to do it like that. You can do it this way and everything's going to be fine. That was that was a game changer for me as well. That really helped with my burnout, too. Um, so I understand burnout, like. Yes, I totally do. I think you you, I think anyone who's a high achiever Mm -hmm. or has been dedicated to their craft for so long, you need that um, that reframing or reignition of uh, your energy just for so you can get back into alignment. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere you've fallen out of it. Yeah. You know, I. I have a very similar story to why I started this podcast. So yeah. I 110% get it. Like, and, it, and it's everything you just said. I feel that 110% because it, it has given me a new passion talking to people um, where I want to motivate the audience, but it motivates me, you know, oh, talking totally. to guests like yourself and having these conversations and forming new relationships. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that's one of the cool things about um, when you, when you make the decision that it's, yeah, I agree. Like podcasting, it helps me. I mean, I'm 
I'll be very honest. Like I'm very selfish when it comes to it. I'm doing it. I started out because I, I needed to do it for me, but now I love doing it for my listeners and I love doing it for my peers and getting them showcased and having their lights kind of help them put a spotlight on what they're doing. I mean, that lights me up. That, that makes me so happy. I love podcast recording day. I get so jazzed about I'm recording a podcast today. I can't wait to interview them. Um, I just, yeah, I totally get it. And I think that's, that's wonderful. And I want to hear your story. So tell me where I can, which episode I need to listen to, to hear more about your story. (laughs) I, you know what? I, it's only come out bits and pieces. Ah, but I, I'd have to like give you a uh, certain time marks for you need to do a episode. podcast on your, on your story. Oh, yes. You I saw that you did one yeah. on yours. I should do that. I'm going to have to do that as like a bonus episode. Do it. Do it. Yes. Do it. Yes. It'll, it'll come out, but it's, yeah, I've, I've talked about it, you know, like episode three, episode eight, yeah. all sporadically throughout the podcast, but it would even be interesting if I could take clips of what I've said and put it together a whole episode. Well, you know what we could do is I, we could do, we could flip it. I could come back in a couple of weeks and I could interview you on your story for your podcast. That would be cool. That would be cool. I'm totally here for that. Okay. I, I think that's a great idea. We'll set it up. We will set that up. Um, so I know you have to get out of here, but I did have two more questions for you. If you had time. Sure. I have, I have a little bit of time. Yep. Okay, so you're into marriage. You, you specialize in marriage counseling, uh-huh. right? Yep. Um, amongst other things, you have, you know, she's very talented at what she does, people. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think the trend now is for the, the trend of the power couple, right? Uh-huh. right? So you should be in a, productive relationship together and also be business partners together to a certain extent Ooh, right is that that the trend that's the trend (laughs) okay popular I I was seeing a couple of articles about that you know the um the Jay-Z and Beyonce pairing um who is uh Jack Welch and what's his wife's name oh yeah so those are the relationships that people are kind of seeking, which I don't think are easy to cultivate. You know, I think it's, I've never had a, um, a relationship where I maybe wanted that, but it was hard enough just to have a regular romantic relationship or, um, you know, most of my business partners have been, um, most of my real, all of my, people that are like you would definitely could uh, say that they were my business partners have been guys so you know there yeah. wasn't a romantic relationship right. avenue there but just even having I just think that relationships are hard anyway mm-hmm. you know so combining them can even intensify that yeah. that's what I'm trying to say more or less yeah so how does what do you think about that as a concept? Is that? Um, I think that's a really, I mean, to be honest, I mean, that's, that's really not how I fell in love with my husband or, you know, how in relationships in the past, like that's how, but I think that's a sign of the times. And maybe that's what, what that's, you know, people look at Jay-Z Beyonce and they think it's perfect. You know, they're not perfect at all. No. I mean, 
they might look good on there's also you know I just people there's so much going on behind closed doors we will never know and that's fine I don't need to know I don't want to know right you know I got my own life I got my own marriage I want to focus on me being the best version of me to have the best best marriage that I can um and so I want to caution everybody to say just because Beyonce's doing it doesn't mean that you're gonna do it or you need to do it or you should want to do it um you know when it comes to if you want to be married, if you want that relationship, you have to find somebody that you're compatible with. Now, I wouldn't say that. Now, my husband and I, are, we started we started dating. We started to we got to know each other because we both liked working out. And he we, he was my like we'd go to the gym together um, and we were friends before we started dating. And I can't imagine not being friends with somebody first to really get to know them. Um, before I would be involved with them romantically. Um, I can't imagine seeking somebody because they have a resume that looks really good and they know how to make money. I mean, because just because somebody knows how to do that doesn't mean that they're a good human, you know, or they're the, right. a good match for you. So I honestly, I, I kind of like, you know, I think what's more important is are your priorities and values the same? Do you, um, do you define success the same? You know, what is most important to you? Have those discussions, understand because you cannot change people just because they marry you. (laughs) Um, it doesn't change anything. No, it doesn't change anything. Um, it just amplifies. Oh yeah. And now you're married. You're in a legal binding contract and you're married. So, so breakups look different in that capacity. People, (laughs) they do. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I I don't know, I guess I'm kind of like at a little bit of a loss for words because that never really would, but I'm also older and I'm not in my twenties and I, you know, who are you looking to as a role model would, would be my question. You know, who out there is doing what you want to do and how do you, how do they define success? Because I'll tell you what, just because people have a lot of money does not mean that they're happy. That does not mean that they're living their best lives. That does not mean that they are making an impact on the world. So you don't have to have a lot of money to do those things. Sure, money helps because money then allows you more opportunity to do the things that you really want to do, like maybe start a charity or give more to charity or start that business. So money helps, but money is not the end all be all. Um, And I've seen that. I mean, gosh, I've been a therapist for years. I've had clients over the years that have a lot of money and they're miserable. And they're miserable in their marriages. So it doesn't really, I, I would say, you know, look for the person that you share values with and that you share goals with. And don't fool yourself. Don't pretend to have your values and priorities match his because you want him to love you. You Because that'll come back to bite you too. Right. It really will. Yeah. I think you can only pretend for so long, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's with everyone. So yeah. you can't force compatibility. No, you can't. That, that, that has to be organic. And then um, my, I did have another question for you, but I okay. forget it now. <laughs> and we can just save that for the next time, maybe. Yeah. We'll come on. Was it about my, um, was it about my um, app? that I created about the branding app 
Because if no. not, I would, I would love to share that with you. Yes, ladies. let's talk about okay, that. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I have to tell you guys, I'm driving now because I have to get to a meeting in 20 minutes. So if okay. you hear any weird sounds, it's uh, I'm driving. Um, yeah, so room. No. you can hear it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody, but I'm on the move. You're on the... Trep Life Studios, we are, on, we are um, in the field now. Yeah, we're so mobile. We are. Um, so when I started in network marketing, I um, really, towards, towards my, as I was getting more and more on social media, I was tired of sharing the typical before and after pictures. And I, I was tired of looking at them. I was tired of saying the same thing. I was tired of, you know, saying the same thing to my audience. And I was like, I am more than just a before and after picture. I am more than just talking about health and wellness. I wanted, I wanted to kind of expand my brand. And this was, this was when attraction marketing was kind of coming out. People were using those terms. They were throwing them around. And so I went looking for somebody to kind of teach me how to use attraction marketing or how to be um, more, you know, interesting on social media, more so than just before and after pictures. And what I learned in the process, um, as I was shifting my social media and doing things differently, people were reaching out to me and I was in messenger all the time sharing what I was learning. And my husband looked at me one day and he was like, either you need to automate that information or you need to monetize it because you're giving away like everything that you've learned that you paid money for to people who aren't even financially connected to you, um, on your downline. And I was like, well, I want to help people. I want people to use social media in a, in a better way. And, um, so I decided I was going to create an app to do that. So I have a free app that you can download on Google play or Apple store. It's called your brand builder, B U I L D R. (laughs) And it, it, what it does is it's my brain dump on how to create content for social media, for direct sellers or network marketers. It even has a reminder app in it. So you can like set up a schedule for yourself that, you know, today at four, I want to do a live on uh, something inspirational. And so at four o'clock, your phone will buzz you and go time to make that post Lisa. And so um, you can then, it doesn't post for you to social media because you know, that's, a lot of technology and sometimes the, um, the social media sites don't allow that, but it, it definitely gives you ideas if you're struggling with like, what do you say or how do you write a post or what, what do people engage with or what do people want to hear about from you? And I, everything I've learned about content is pretty much a brain dump into that app. Um, so I would just want people to know it's, it's out there and they can download it. And if they have feedback for me, they can reach out to me and let me know on social media, mainly on Facebook. That's where I like to hang out. Um, but yeah, I just want people to know that it, it's available for them. That's awesome. I'm going to download that as soon as we get off the podcast. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Give me feedback. Cause I'm, yeah. I want to up, I want to update it in the next year or so. Um, you guys well. have to understand she's really talented at um, <laughs> social media, like truly oh, significantly. So especially well, I... with the type of numbers that you do with your podcast, considering it is such a niche market and. Oh, thanks Pete. But. But you can tell that it, you're trailblazing you in that space. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's great content. And, and I I don't think you have to be a therapist to enjoy it at all. Awesome. I'm, I'm clearly not. But, you know, <laughs> I think if you just have a curious mind and you want to understand, you know, just how people work and just having an empathetic heart about other people's stories, I think you'll, yeah. you'll find a great time definitely worth the listen well thank you i really appreciate that well i think the ad is acting up at this point which is kind of typical it's been pretty good today 
But yeah. um, we will definitely have to connect um, off uh, off podcast about some other potential collaborations. Okay, I would love it, and I want to come back and I'm going to interview you for your audience. Yes, we'll we'll definitely discuss that and figure out some dates. So, okay, perfect. Audience, you've heard it. She's coming back, and we're gonna give you another great collab. So we're so excited to have Lisa with us today, and we want you to kill the meeting. We're in the meeting there with you now. Yeah. Virtually, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Pete. This is really fun. Okay. And to the Trep Life Tribe or the Trep Stars, whatever name that we've come up with for ourselves, uh, we wish you peace, productivity, and purpose on your journey. We will see you on the next episode. Hey, this is Naza Kawaja, and here's my story that I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Naza underscore K. That's at N-A-Z-H-A-H underscore K. Follow The Demurist on Facebook and Instagram. And listen in on our podcast where we like to address and dismantle taboo topics. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Sincerely us and of woman nature. If there's one message that I can leave you with, it would be to do you. Be true, be humble, work hard, and do you. I am an individual. I am a mompreneur. I am a leader. I am a trep star. Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens, so prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Reviews are greatly appreciated because they help the podcast grow. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Hey, this is Charlotte Barra, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected and make sure that you follow me over on social media by either typing in Charlotte Barrett or One Less Dress Connect. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, guys, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration. I am a speaker. I am an author. I am a mumpreneur and I practice empowerment, peace and purpose on your journey, guys.